And so with that, um, the next day comes around. And I take it everybody is going to be heading back to Scotland Yard? Yep. Okay. Um, because uh, you have worked... Um, are you going to get any sleep at all, Tony? Or... Uh, Tony's uh, basically decided if, if there is work to be done, then he will be doing the work. Uh, so, so. so that's, so that's going to be a no, then. Yeah. No, no. Okay. He's... Like... Of all of the things, like, the thing that with Tony right now is that he feels a little bit guilty for actually working with the with the Mythos unit, because he feels like if he had been, you know, at the walls when the enemy came, that he might have been able to save more people. Okay, um, so, yeah, uh, eventually the morning rolls around. Uh, Tony, because you have stayed up all night, you are basically going to be taking, um... A level of exhaustion so you are gonna suffer a couple of penalties to some things here and there but um yeah like you feel tired uh you've pulled an all-nighter before but uh yeah compounding with everything else going on you can feel the stress and so eventually you uh set your tools down gather your things up and you prepare to head back to scotland yard <laughs> and um as for the rest of you uh so um, Adam, you get up and you head out just as Sophie's getting ready to go to bed, and she just points at you and says, All right, now remember, you're going to talk to them about me going in to help you all out, right? Um, yes, as soon as I get uh, permission to do the interview, you'll be the first to know. You're the best. And, uh, okay. And Quincy, uh, so you uh, get up in the morning, and uh, you can see that um, John is still basically fast asleep. Okay, I check him health-wise if he's not yeah. um, any danger. Okay, so you uh, just check him and you just put the uh, back of your hand against his forehead. He's not running a fever, he just seems to be very, very tired, and he kind of wakes up a little bit and, uh, uh Quincy, is everything alright? Um, yes. I'm just glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm glad too. And he looks a little bit concerned for a moment, and Quincy, I, I know that you told me not... I didn't. I know that you didn't want me there. I'm. I'm sorry. I came back, but I. And he's just pausing. When I was with your friend and all of his friends, and we were around the campfire, and I was making s'mores and such, I, I felt something going on, and from a great distance away, and I. I knew I had to be here, Quincy. I. I knew that people needed my help. We'll have a talk about this later. Okay. But right now, I just want you to know that I really thank you for helping, but. Right now, I'm gonna need to take care of stuff. So, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm the best thing you can do right now is stay home and make sure that uh, you just worry about yourself right now. Okay. Okay. I'm, okay. There's no. I'm not gonna be in any danger. I'm just gonna mm. go help some people out. So you don't need to worry. You don't need to come to me. But thank you. He um yeah he scooches forward in bed and uh, wraps his armor around your waist. I will reciprocate. Okay. Um, I don't remember the sitter's name. Did we? Did we name her? Uh, I am not I, certain off the top of my head. I believe we did, but I cannot recall the name for the life of me. Well, uh, the life of a dungeon master, where you have a whole bunch of NPCs and you cannot remember your their name when you need it. But um, yeah, we can just refer to her as the sitter for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just essentially say like, listen to the sitter, stay home. Um, if you need anything, phone me. But I, I'm trying to make sure that he doesn't go super sane again and fly <laughs> off somewhere. 
Okay, now, John, I, I, your body what? is going through changes. We're not. I'm not in a place. Quincy's not in a place mentally where he wants to discuss his, John's superpowers. Mm. So he's he's gonna leave it and just let the kid be normal for a bit, and then he's gonna come back and have this conversation once everything's done. Okay. As the prince of the sands, you might experience changes like mm. a tail or the ability to glow, or you may turn into a monkey when looking directly at the full moon. Um, but yeah, so, uh, with that, you, uh, yeah, you head out, uh, with the knowledge that, and yeah, before you go, like, John settles back into bed and it looks like he's going back to sleep, and so then you head out with the knowledge that the sitter will be by shortly. So, all of you get back to Scotland Yard soon enough, and as you might have guessed, the outside of the building looks like a mess. On the inside, it's not too, too much better as... Cleaning teams are mopping up uh, the bloodstains on the ground, and people are still, like, going about their business. Uh, people in the workroom are just running from desk to desk, frantically signing off on papers and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, looking around, a lot of them are, like, you can see that they are um, injured. And Baxter, the old man who never talks to anybody, visibly has, like, a wrap bandages around his head as he is uh, typing away at his computer. Nearby, uh, Fitz and Pepper, one of them has a neck brace on, the other has his arm in a sling, but they are on the phone uh, talking to people frantically. Um, it is clear that everybody is just pulling the best example of the British stiff upper lip possible. And then you guys head back up to the meeting room, and you can see that uh, Hightower is in there, as well as uh, your assistant. Um, just a moment. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I am just, uh, trying to look for her name, uh, right this moment. Jennifer, that's it. Your I'm assistant- also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, thanks. Uh, Jennifer is with, uh, Hightower as well, and she's just going through papers and, uh, listing things off. And sitting in front of her is the bookworm, um, Webster, who, um, has a like a teeny tiny Scotland Yard badge on a teeny tiny lanyard around his neck. And like, um, as Jennifer is reading stuff off to, uh, off to him, he is nodding and a paper hand is holding a pen and is signing off on stuff before passing it back to her. I'm also going to mention that when you guys come into the meeting room, like Blackmore is usually there first. He's not there this time. And so Hightower catches sight of the three of you that you come in into. Morning, all of you. Uh, how did you sleep? Uh, Tony takes out a stein of coffee. Hmm. Well, and yeah, uh, Hightower raises his mug in solidarity. Right, well, uh, we have work to do, as you might imagine, so feel free to take a seat. Um, have any of you turned on the news this morning? Didn't we really have, have the time. Yeah, <laughs> Quincy looks up from his coffee, which is hmm. smaller than Tony's, but yeah. not as much smaller as you might think. <laughs> Hmm. And Hightower just uh, takes in a deep breath. Well, you won't want to see this. You're going to have to. And he turns it on, and sure enough, um, it is a news channel, and, uh, you know, anchors are on talking about everything. We are expecting that hundreds, if not thousands, of people are reporting uh, disturbances from outside their homes. Changes the channel. Uh, yes, uh, the hospitals are overflowing with patients. A number of people who are injured. Dozens are confirmed to be dead. Maybe more. And uh, yeah, changes the channel. Uh, we are expecting that there is an oncoming storm blowing in from Norway uh, going across uh, the channel. And then, yeah, uh, changes again. Uh, people are concerned about all of these myths. 
the Prime Minister has declared... And so, when you hear, hear this, um, Hightower stops and just lets it play. The Prime Minister, in a very early press conference this morning, has declared the following. And so, it cuts to the Prime Minister, and it seems to be like a recording, not quite live, but... People are just gathered around, like, reporters shouting at uh, the Prime Minister, like, asking questions and things like that, and the Prime Minister holds his hand up. Until further notice, we will be um, entering a state of a national emergency. This is unlike anything that has ever been experienced in the uh, country of the United Kingdom before, and we ask for your patience during this difficult time. But until further notice, we will ask that any who is considered to be a mythological citizen must remain in these designated areas. In the city of London, all mythological creatures shall be asked to remain within the boundaries of the area designated by some citizens as myth town. And at that, suddenly everybody is just shouting over this. Um, yeah, basically trying to make their voice heard. Are you against mythological creatures? Uh, Prime Minister, do you think that these mythological creatures are a threat? And, yeah, this is just continuing on. Do you have any idea when these blackouts are going to end? How have the police been... Uh, yeah, this is just going on, and then Hightower just turns the TV off and turns back to all of you with the most grim expression you have ever seen on his face, and that is saying something. It appears that many people have been uneasy around some mythological creatures before, but and people, but... Now, with everything that's going on, they have officially taken it too far. Uh, well, Tony will, will will just say, should I return to Mythtown then? At that, Hightower just fixes you with a fierce expression. You are a member of Scotland Yard, Tony. I have spoken to Creedy about this ever since the announcement. He is still in the hospital, but he has agreed that we are making exceptions. We are doing everything we can to ensure that some exceptions can be made for certain individuals, such as Webster here and for yourself. Um, has the mm. Prime Minister considered all of the myths that live in London? Officials are taking it as a blanket statement at the moment, and they are asking all mythological cre uh, individuals who are currently living in London to relocate to Myth Town for the time being. Uh, at this, Quincy stands up from his desk um, and raises his voice after uh, one of the most serious events that we've experienced the government that has decided not to support us and support the citizens myths included they have decided and by providing what funding support any number of things that we need right now and instead have decided to put out some sort of pr statement that will, is going to force us to abandoned the work that we should be doing, which is stopping the people that did this. And now we're going to be knocking on doors and forcing people to leave. When you, when you raise your voice, Quincy, like, um, Jennifer and Webster stop working and are staring at you, and even Hightower's eyes are wide. Um, also, uh, does this include all of the myths that are currently incarcerated in uh, Scotland Yard, are they to be shipped back to Mythtown as well? Where exactly are they planning to put the giant skeleton? At this, uh, Hightower raises his hand, um, as if to, like, it looks like, for a moment, it's almost like he's asking your permission to give him a moment to explain Quincy, 
Uh, because, Quincy will, like... Quincy will stop and look at him. Yeah. As I said, Creedy and I are doing everything we can to go underneath uh, what the government has stated. I don't agree with this. Not in the slightest. And, frankly, I am prepared to basically go to war with the higher-ups for the sake of being able to do not what we are being told to do, but what is right. And... We should... Uh, I'm no legal expert, but I know under conditions of emergency measures, we should at least be able to argue for a temporary injunction uh, under the, the, you know, the, the, the clause that we are carrying in the police precinct essentially dangerous people, dangerous materials. Which it is what, yes, which is what I have argued as well. And for the moment, they have relented that all myths currently in our custody are to remain there. At this point, the door swings open and Blackmore is standing in it. Um, okay. So it is up to you, Franklin, if you have seen anything on the television or if you've just come straight from where you were sleeping. It's totally your call. Uh, I've come straight from where I was sleeping. So Blackmore has lost the sort of, like, dazed look on his face. Mm -hmm. uh, and now he just looks mad as hell. And he just kind of goes, how long was I out and what did I miss? Um, and Hightower fills you in on everything. Christ. Uh, Quincy is actually going to stand up and look at uh, Blackmore and say, Well, Blackmore, you'll be happy to know that instead of going after the smiley-faced killer, we'll be evicting people from their houses and shuffling them off into Mythtown. Blackmore kind of, like, has this dry laugh as he goes, Of course, the only thing the British government knows is apparently how to reenact the Troubles every 30 fucking years. And at this, you guys hear a voice from a, the doorway. Is there some kind of a problem here, gentlemen? And you turn around and you see Buttermaker standing in the doorway, arms folded, looking at all of you. Um, Quincy's going to uh, walk over to Butter. How, how tall is Buttermaker? Is Quincy taller than him? I, I actually don't know. No, Buttermaker is not a tall man. He's maybe about 5'8 um, or so. Okay, so Quincy's going to walk up to him and look down at him and say, Oh, well, we were just watching the news. I see. And? We have some problems with the government's response to this. Uh, at this, uh, Buttermaker looks over all of you. You guys can see that his suit is pressed. Um, he, he has no bags under his eyes, no sign of any visible injury. He looks comparatively to everybody else here at the precinct very well rested and well i understand that some of you may have problems but that is not your concern as you all have jobs to do quincy is going to walk uh is going to lean in to buttermaker's face and say i assume that you don't remember this because i doubt you've read a report in your life with your dainty little fingers but I'm on loan. I don't actually work here. I'm here as a favor to you and to this department. And if you're going to tell me that I'm going to have to go out there and shovel people as if they're garbage into a place that they don't belong, then here's my badge. And I put it on right on the table or whatever structure is right in front of them. And I look him straight in the eye. Roll me an intimidate check. Um, I think Adam is going to do 
he's, I don't I don't know if there are aid actions in this system, but he's also going to stand up uh, and maybe not not with the quite the same level of forcefulness, but say as a, a member of the yard who uses myth abilities in my line of work, I think it would be entirely disingenuous uh, for me to work against British citizens who just happen to be myths. Uh, I am with Quincy on this one. I will not do this. Uh, and if you force my hand, then so be it. See, Buttermaker, I have a lot of paperwork to work on. So if any requests for evictions come in, well, I can't say that they might get lost in the shuffle of things that might be, well, a tad more important to helping out the community. So I suggest that you phrase your next request very carefully, not unless you want to explain how... I'm sorry, out of character. How many members of the Mythos unit are... It's f four, right? That um, are... It's three. Three, sorry. Otherwise, you're going to have to explain to the... Um, and what's the... God damn it. What is the... Like, what's the higher up from him? Commissioner? Commissioner Plinkley. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to explain to Commissioner Plinkley why you just had three people under your command resign in the span of less than 24 hours after working their ass off to save the city. Make that four. Thalestra is, hand is standing behind Buttermaker, and he just jumps around and screams at the top of his lungs. And I'm Thalestra... Pre I'm, pre I'm pretty sure Thalestra owns the bottom of Scotland. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, uh... How would you deal with the resignation of the entire mailroom staff? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the basement boy! <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear, they're not working for, uh, like, they're still working for Scotland Yard, but they don't have those bosses anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, Thalestra is just regarding him with the kindest, most serene expression possible that is enough to chill the marrow of any full-grown man. And she just simply says, I do understand that my job did not relate to imprisoning those who are considered to be of an equal status as myself. And at this, Hightower also stands up. The fact of the matter is, even before you were working here, Buttermaker, back when I was working with your father, who might I add is the only bloody reason that you have this job in the first place, I was working to help this city and its people. I have crawled my way up the ranks going through all the bullshit possible in order to become somebody who could actually try to help people not treat them like cattle or like ticking time bombs. And I would throw that all away in an instant if it meant doing the right thing, which, as I can see, rounding up citizens is not purely based on their status as citizens or who, uh, what they are as opposed to the content of their character. The fact of the matter is, we cannot do this in good conscience. This is not what it means to protect and serve. And so, uh, Buttermaker, still visibly terrified, looks around at all of you, then just kind of <clears throat> straightens up, clears his throat, maybe adjusts his tie a little bit, and so is, well, if none of you are willing to do your job, either think about it, for a little while and come to your senses, or you may hand in your badges and your identification and clean out your desks at the end of the day. 
And with that, he primly turns around and marches out of the room. Have I mentioned how your human bureaucracy seems utterly counterproductive to, to doing your jobs? He'll change his mind. He just needed to save face. Mm. I doubt that he's got the permission to let all of those things go. Plinkley is, well, Plinkley is certainly a uh, relic of his time, but he's not that stupid. Not to and mention at, the fact. Mm, and at this, uh, Hightower speaks up. Plinkley may not be that stupid, but Buttermaker is. And the fact is, he may very well do this out of sheer spite. I mean, he can't release a giant skeleton. There's no way you can release a giant skeleton. <laughs> I'm not concerned about him releasing all the myths. I'm concerned about him releasing all of us from our duties. But the fact of the matter is, regardless of what will happen until the end, at the end of the day, I'm planning to do my goddamn job. And that involves um, tra Tony. Uh, per perhaps it is just my outside perspective. But if we were looking for someone who is actively trying to hinder the Mythos unit... Who has who is high placed in, in your organization? He will just gesture to the door that that Buttermaker walked out of. It's a possibility, but with no evidence, there's not exactly accusations that we can fling at someone. As it stands, he hides behind a shield of bloody bureaucracy. Well, we find well, that we find we can do something, but until then, well, like Hightower said, we do our damn job, and we make damn sure that we have enough things in our pocket that Buttermaker can't just toss us out so easily. Um, if I may, we do know that the that the uh, the boogeyman has uh, a, a compatriot who can place geasses over there, over people. Um, Wait, uh, I, thought, I thought that was just how the boogeyman worked. No, no. he's talking about, uh, oh, the master! The uh, the knight-looking thing that we, that we learned about when we took out Montague. And yes. Hightower, yeah, uh, Hightower nods at this. What are you suggesting? Well, I mean, uh, according to the uh, the the uh, who was it the 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 mayor's a who was the person we rescued again? Uh, uh, um, director of public works, right? Yes. Yeah. Um Yes. Yeah. Uh, Genevieve Helms. Uh, according to Miss Helms, uh, she was unable to tell when her uh, her bodyguard was uh, was ensorcelled. Um, Perhaps, even if he's not working, uh, we could consider him maybe working against the good of the city, uh, even unwillingly, detain uh, him uh, until we could test this. Uh, Chris, has yes. Buttermaker worked at uh, Scotland Yard for very long? For, he's been here for about uh, four years or so. And it's true what uh, Hightower said. The only reason that he has this, this position is because his father pulled strings and got him the job um, as, yeah, assistant to the superintendent. Yeah, but that oh, sorry, would mean not, that he... Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, um, assistant... Uh, sorry, not assistant to the superintendent. Assistant commissioner. Okay, uh, so which means that uh, Blackmore's tenure here would intersect with that. Was he always this much of a dick? Yes. Blackmore kind of goes, it's a possibility, but uh, this isn't exactly a new turn of fate. This isn't exactly a, well, let's just say that he's always been like this. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I... But at this high I... tower is thinking for a moment. You said that who, uh, this individual who's able to put geasses on people uh, can do so, and it's... Is there any way to tell if they are under this sort of spell or what ability or whatever it is? Uh, I... So, if memory serves, this is out of character, 
Yes. Uh, Tony didn't realize it was a thing until the guy was like actively straining against it, and he could see the, the 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 band. Yes. So, like, uh, so Tony so, says it, it might take a act of extreme will to uh, uh, to to cause the enchantment to become well visible. Uh, hmm. And uh, I, I suppose a man of weak will, uh, no little to no morals, would not be. Uh, it would not be clear until a, a test could be performed. So what you're saying is we gotta hit him with the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, could you stand right here on this X for just like a minute? Just right here. And Close your eyes and Tony just hold, swings back. Blam! Alright. Well, he wasn't he wasn't ensorcelled, but well, he's not a I, problem anyway. I don't think he's much of anything anymore. <laughs> um... But yeah, Hightower, if any of you can think of a way to determine if somebody is ensorcelled or not, um, um, Tony, you're good at making things, or there might be a myth in our employ, but maybe give it a bit of thought, because it may be, it may be Buttermaker, it's impossible to be certain, but this may be something uh, to follow up on. Uh, I, I believe you have Litmus Birds, uh, correct? Yes, that is correct. If one of the other officers was to make a pact with one, they would be able to detect the magic, I believe. I mean, I can't be sure. I, I don't know the exact nature of, of, of the Gias, but uh, if, you know, the it it, it would be the myth to, to, to use. Uh, I'm thinking that we might be able to go about this another way. We still have a lot of people to interview from the various arrests. It's not exactly much, and I don't know how much of us are in fighting shape. But if we can cause some sort of high-profile arrest, something that absolutely would catch the attention of the papers, Buttermaker might be a bureaucratic, might be a useful bureaucrat, might be a bureaucrat, bureaucrat, but he's also a slave to PR. There's no way that he'd manage to give up officers that managed to make such a splash. We've done so a few times, but one more for good measure is probably a good way to make sure that he doesn't have as much leverage that he thinks he does. Uh, what of all of the men who were uh, captured outside of Mythtown? That's a possibility. There's also one other thing. We have yet to act we've yet to execute on the warrant we managed to get for Elizabeth Chambers, who if I remember correctly was related somehow to the McCarthy family in that organization. She might be a bit easier to break considering her role as a confidant rather than as a direct member of the McCarthys. We also have quite a few member of the McCarthy gang uh, that we could interrogate including the gang members that we captured when we rescued Sophie. Uh, and it, this Hightower slowly nods. It sounds as though we have many options indeed. Right. Well, maybe if I can do that. I'll go see if I can't get the litmus bird to quickly give us uh, a read on the situation. After that, I'll see if I can't corner Buttermaker and get a good idea of it is. After that, we've got work to do. Better work than some others would say. At this point, Quincy is just going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> and if he gets fired at some point, he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> well, what, what he's going to... So, uh, Quincy turns... Well, first thing I'm going to do is go down to the holding area. And at that point, unless someone has something to say to Quincy, he's going to go down the holding area and make some pacts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Blackmore is going to come with you uh, okay. to get the litmus bird. Okay. Tony has an idea, but I, I, but 
John, in, like out of character, needs to look at at some rules first. So uh, okay, sure. Better uh, to Tony to be working on a new blueprint. Well, um, John, whenever you consult a rule book, I know for a fact that it's going to be interesting. So, uh, and what is Adam going to do? Adam is going to call Sophie. Break okay. the good news. And, uh, yeah, so... Because we're basically working on the employee that were fired. Nothing matters anymore. Get down here. Okay. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so the phone picks up. Um, Hello, it's Queen Elizabeth's office. I'm the Queen. Howdy doody. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie. You remember what we were talking about uh, yesterday evening? Oh, Adam. Yes, I absolutely remember. Well... There have been some interesting developments. You know how I said I thought we might have a, a difficult time getting approval to get you in the interview rooms? I don't think that's going to matter anymore. Uh, listen, I'll come around and get you, uh, but uh, get ready. Be getting my best Sunday uh, clothes on, sir. I think we're going to have a long afternoon. Uh, the longer the better. And so with that, uh, the phone hangs up. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah, you uh, put the phone down, Adam, and get to work. So first we'll go to uh, Franklin Quincy. So where are you going to go exactly? So uh, I'm going to go to the... So I look at Quincy. Uh, since we're heading down the same elevator, and I'm going, all right, I'm going for the litmus bird. What about you? I have some people I'd like to talk to. Fair enough. You want to help me execute after this, uh, and after I've talked with Buttermaker... You want to help me execute the warrant against, um, Miss... Chambers. Miss Chambers. Figured I could use some backup since she's almost assuredly a packed user. Sure. I would love to help you. Alright, I'll message you when I'm done. Godspeed, Quincy. Sh shake. Respectful handshake. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Franklin, uh, you head into the room where the litmus bird is, and the little, uh, bird... Yeah, like a multicolored hummingbird is zipping around the room, like going from flower to flower before going up to you, and it begins uh, zooming around your head as if investigating you. Hello there, little guy. Um, so uh, Franklin is going to uh, take like a sugar packet that he grabbed from the uh, the break room. Uh -huh. He's just going to like pour it into a little bit of water uh -huh. and sort of pour a little bit into his hand and see if that entices the little guy. There is no hesitation as the bird zooms over to your hand and begins uh, drinking it up right away. There we go. You're not and, so bad, are you? Yeah, and immediately um, the sense comes to you as it does when an animal is asking if you want to make a pact with it. And I accept. Okay. Um, so as a result of this, you gain a very simple but very useful ability, the ability to uh, detect magical signatures around you and to be able to tell if something is saturated with magic or not. Okay. So yeah, uh, I will meter out a little bit of the sugar water, uh -huh. uh, basically place it in, I'm assuming, like a feeding dish. Yep. And uh, time to get into uh, Buttermaker's office. Okay, so you uh, head out the door, and Quincy, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go uh, talk to some myths, um, and... Uh, me okay, so I actually don't know what all the myths that we have. But essentially, Quincy's plan is to, uh, um, for some of them, uh, get an idea of what they would do if they were released. Okay. Not that he, not, not that he would release any of them, because that but would hypothetically. Be, but that would be because that would be illegal. 
That would yeah. be a crime, but less. That would be enough to get somebody fired. That'd be a crime, but he's just wondering, like, so he's, essentially what he's doing is, without actually saying it, he's getting a, a feel for which of the myths would he thinks would be okay to actually be released and which ones he thinks would probably... Like, he's not going to release the skeleton. He knows yeah. that's not a good idea. Like, he's not stupid. He's not going to let a giant skeleton just start walking around stepping on people. But, like, some of the myths that have been in there for a while, now that he can talk to all of them, because he, uh -huh. he has the ability to talk to all myths, he's going to find yeah. out which, which of them actually are okay with being in captivity, which ones like would rather leave and which ones if they would rather leave what they would do so he's going to phrase it he has a clipboard with a piece of paper that is blank yep um and he is going to at be asking questions about like what would you do if you were outside and just say like this is a simple survey uh, but but he's um, actually gonna get a general feel for all the myths and see which ones would be interested in leaving and if they were interested in leaving what they do okay uh roll me an empathy check actually something Quincy has. That is a uh, 18. Okay, um, you're getting an idea that everybody who, um, yeah, all, so are you looking for the ones that also have packs with the other members of Scotland Yard, or are you just looking for the ones that don't have packs with anybody? Uh, I mean, the packed ones, uh, I, I honestly, I'll just talk to all of them, because even if they, even if they get released, uh, they still, the pack the pact would maintain the pact isn't contingent right. on them being in prison right so i mean for some of them the pact is contingent on favors being done for them while they're awaiting their sentencing and stuff so if they were released there is a chance that the uh pact may not continue so after talking to a bunch of them you figure out that there are some that absolutely cannot be let outside like the gasha dokuro and the vampire being top of the list but also like you're getting a, a feeling that the troll uh drip grease liquor probably would go back to a life of crime if he were to leave. Um, the ones that seem to be, like, would try to go back to an ordinary life would be the dwarves who were arrested for working with the Chinese triads to make uh, myth drugs. It seems as though they are, like, they've kind of realized the dishonor that they brought upon themselves and want to get back to, like, doing honest work as uh, with forging items and, like, mining with the other dwarves and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Um... And the bugbear uh, that Nog, that Franklin made a pact with, he also seems to want to do something else. But the fact is, he is in prison for participating with the uh, myth kidnapping ring. Wait, sorry, which one was? Um, yeah, this was back. Yeah, the bugbear oh, yeah. with men versus myth. Uh, way way. Oh back yeah, when. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, and he's also how 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 penitent does he seem? <laughs> Um, yeah, like, he seems to be a real simple sort of guy. Like, the fact like, is, he well, like, didn't... Why did he, why did he join them? Why was he helping them? Because, basically, he was in a very tough, uh, straight, financially speaking. They seemed to treat him well enough, and he wasn't entire, like, he was too unintelligent to realize at the time that it was a really, really bad thing what he was doing. But over time, as people have been talking to him and explaining the circumstances, he's been growing more and more repentant about it. Okay. Cool. Uh, which of the walls? Which? Oh, I guess we're underground, right? Yes. Um, what is the? Are there any? Are there, What's the emergency way out of the out of the basement in case the elevator breaks? Uh, there is a staircase as well. Also, how did we get the skeleton in here? Is the question. We brought uh, him in with a myth ball. Okay. Yes. So, okay. Uh, so cool. if hypothetically, if hypothetically someone... someone needed to get someone out, they could also get put in a 
Yes. We don't, yeah, Hypothetically, okay. of course. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. If if if, a, if someone were to drop a bunch in a cell and then those those were able, well, hypothetically, possibly rolled and touched somebody. Yeah. Right. Well. Um, cool. Uh, I'm gonna go talk to. I'm gonna go find Tony. So. All right. So, um, Tony, um, has looked at the at, at the issue, looked at the problem. Uh, that they are currently facing, which is they don't know who they can trust and who might be a pawn of the enemy. I mean, uh, you could, it's pretty clear you can trust us. Yes, yeah, but, like, everyone else. That's fair. Um, and he's creating a orb of truth. Okay, so how does this work? Um, so, uh, this is actually a very, um, a, a very low-cost item. Uh, so it is a orb that within... A five-foot range uh, radius co compels everyone inside to tell the truth. And do they have to roll a will saving throw against that? Yes, they get a will saving throw against that. Okay. Um, it is, um, to get technical, uh, it is a mind control power with the area effortless and consciousness extras, but it's limited to a single command, truth. It is sense-dependent. You have to be able to see the orb for it to work. Uh, it is obvious, and it has limited range because it's not uh, like thirty-five foot radius. Like just obvious, and then in brackets it just says orb, <laughs> big glowing orb. Yeah, yeah. It's um, so uh, it is a very cheap item to craft uh, to the point where it literally would. I can't fail the the roll to craft it. Okay. <laughs> So, um, after uh, spending a bit of time, uh, you begin drawing out the plans for this, and you begin uh, working on it. And I will say that you finish up the plans when, um, yeah, Quincy and Franklin have been doing their stuff, and they come back upstairs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk to uh, Tony and ask, do you have... Uh, essentially, I'm gonna uh, put, pick your brain about like in Mythtown. Do you have the capacity to to store the dwarves if they were to need to be transferred for some reason? Uh, well, um, the the dwarves would, uh, from what I understand, the dwarves would be considered uh, criminals to their own society, uh, and as such, I believe there are rather uh, complex dungeons underneath Mythtown where they would be held. Uh, for their crimes of uh, treachery to the clans, and more more importantly to the dwarves, uh, theft of resources without proper demarcation. So, uh, I, I if they needed to be transported to another contain uh, another place to be held, there there's definitely room. Uh, All right, good to know. Working on Tony. Well, um, on the chance that uh, Buttermaker is. Uh, willingly complicit in trying to take apart the Mythos unit. I thought this orb that uh, could compel anyone who uh, who looks on upon it to tell the truth might be uh, an effective me means of getting him to reveal what uh, his treachery. Christ alive! You're going to put detectives out of business with this one. Still, uh, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And something, so something, Tony goes, why not just get a completely neutral arbitrator of justice? I don't <laughs> <laughs> What if everyone just told the truth? <laughs> oh, Tony. 
All right, so um, with that, uh, so it sounds like you guys have gotten your preparations ready. Let's jump over to Adam. So you've gone back to your place to get Sophie? Yes. Uh, the idea is that I'm going to walk her back to the precinct and on the way explain everything that's happened and what our priorities are, which is okay. to try and, one, uh, get as much information about this uh, McCarthy hideout as we can, two, mm. ferret out people that we could potentially arrest. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, you come back and, uh, yeah, look, you uh, head inside your house looking around for her, and you see what seems to be like a, a sleeping bag in the middle of the living room floor. And uh, it seems to be uh, lumpy on the inside, and you just hear, Hi, Adam, I'm in here! And the bag wiggles a little bit. Uh-huh. What's just, the idea? Like, this mental image of just Adam walking down the street with this obviously body-shaped object, just like... Yeah. <laughs> Nothing Adam to doesn't see need here. to walk. Well, it's not like uh, I can go. The, it's not like I can go into the sun without protection, now can I? Right. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, I guess I figured you would wear a big hat or something. But um, well, if a big this... oh shit, a big hat would have been much nicer. Oh well, I mean, I'm in the bag already. <laughs> all right. Well, I, already tied, bag, I, I already tied myself in. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, hang on, I guess. Okay, so you uh, scoop her up, and uh, are you gonna like? How are you gonna get back to the precinct? <laughs> this is a great question. Uh, run really I'd... fast. Hold her over your hand. Run really fast. Yeah, I think that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> Just get a so... black cab, stuff her in the back, be like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Okay. Yeah, it's all good. He's with me. <laughs> uh. So you uh. So yeah, you toss Sophie over your shoulder, and in a matter of a minute, you are back at the precinct, having uh, run all the way back there at superhuman speeds. Oh, yeah. While I'm uh, talking to people, Chris, I'm going to try yeah. and... I, I asked Tony, Tony, is your hammer magically enchanted, yeah? Uh, it's... Yes, uh, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see if I can tune this litmus bird packed... Sorry, it's just the first time I've used it before. And I'm going to attempt to use the um, the magic detection and see if I can't, like... Okay, what does it look like, and how long do I need to keep, like, close to him in order to get a good reading? So you close your eyes and you focus, um, Franklin. And it feels like... It's almost like um, a combination between your sense of smell and your sense of sight. It's very unusual. It's not like any other sense, but... You can sense magic energy coming off of Tony, inherently, as well as um, Quincy. And it has its own, like, unique sort of signature, almost. Uh, Tony's being very, like, um, earthy, but also hot at the same time and kind of metallic, like a forge. Uh, Quincy's resembling, like, it's a little bit of multiple things, and you think it might be, like, magic from all of the multiple packs that he's made. And so, yeah, you head outside hoping to uh, find Buttermaker, and you head towards his office, and you um, narrowly run into one of the people working in the mailroom. Uh, yeah, a fellow by the name of Ian. So, oh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, sorry about that, Franklin. Almost uh, bumped into you there. Um, no, no and problem. You, and you can sense something coming off of Ian. Like, ah, yes. The basement it, boy stank. No, no, it's something else. It's like this weird sort of 
you're not sure what it is exactly, but you kind of like concentrate and the emanation seems to be coming from around his neck. Hey, Ian. Yes? You mind helping us out with something? There's a bit of a problem with uh, one of our outgoing males. I just wanted to see if you could come over here for a second and check it out. Bluff check. Okay. Uh, I'm reasonably good at bluff. Uh, does a 19 do it? Yeah, um, so, oh, oh, all right. Um, so he, uh, comes over, stack of mail still in hand. Yeah, so I, I, like, I go over to where everyone's sort of, like, talking, and I just kind of go, uh, so yeah, like, I keep having this problem where I keep getting someone else's mail. Uh, here, take uh, a look. And as okay. I'm showing him the papers, I, like, lean back, look at Tony, and then, like, double tap my neck. And, 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 and Tony will, will, yeah, Tony, yeah, Tony was about to feel like, like, you? <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, I will make a dispel check. Okay, so uh, yeah, roll me, uh, yeah, roll me two d ten and add the rank of your dispel power for that. Um, nineteen. Okay, so you just firmly grasp your hammer, and uh, before Ian can react, suddenly your hand is on his shoulder, and you hold him in place as you bring the hammer back, and down in a very firm tap, and and he's, oh, what's? And then suddenly, like, you guys hear the sound of shattering glass almost, as this red collar suddenly appears around his neck before immediately shattering, and the shards scatter in all directions before disappearing, and then he just, ah, 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 ah. and he's just kind of looking around back at all of you, and, oh my god, you, you did it! Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh my goodness! I... All right, Ian, calm down. Okay. Tell us what happened. Um. Well, it it happened a, a number of weeks ago. Um. When uh, suddenly, uh, Mr. Buttermaker, he said that he needed to see me outside of work. Said that there was uh, some sort of problem, and uh, he told me to uh, meet him down, uh, like in uh, more of an industrial part of town. And so I met him uh, down, it was very unusual, but he said that uh, he found some information from, uh, and at this he kind of looks, some, uh, some things that happened before I was hired and stuff, so I was really scared and I went down. And then suddenly, uh, the next thing I knew, there was a bag over my head, I was being dragged into somewhere, they took the bag off and I was being faced with the, this, God, it it looked like this sort of man in black armor, like a, like a knight or something like that. And he put his hand on my forehead and he said something in this deep, booming voice. And the next thing I knew, I, I couldn't control myself. And then I came back here as though nothing had happened. And every so often, uh, there have been uh, documents that Buttermaker has asked me to get for him. And I've been bringing them, but I haven't been able to tell anyone. What type of documents? Um, at this, uh, the guy, um, yeah, uh, like... The sorts of things that um, incriminating evidence against the McCarthy family, the sorts of things that like proof of some things that they've done and stuff like that. And he's asked me to bring it to him and I've just, uh, yeah, basically he's taken them and then told me to go about my business. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll. I mean, it's probably pretty close to like sacrosanct, but I am going to roll an empathy check on this guy. Uh, and that is 18. Okay. Um... Yeah, he seems to be telling the truth. Uh, he looks too panicked to be able to come up with anything else. And also, the story sounds so absurd. You think that if he wanted to tell a good lie, he would put more effort into something that sounds believable. Okay. Uh, um, so, let's escort him to Creedy. And then I suppose we should pay Buttermaker a visit. 
assuming mm. he's still here. Um, oh. yeah, you guys know that Creedy is currently in the hospital. Mm. Uh, Hightower, then? Yes. Okay, so you uh, guys go and you find Hightower, who is looking through papers and speaking to Jennifer about some things in a low and urgent voice. Then he looks up and sees all of you, and, all right, thank you. And then he turns to all of you. Uh, uh, gentlemen, can I help you with something? Before we do anything, I'm going to use the litmus bird thing again. Okay. Just um, to be safe. So you let the litmus bird go, and it seems to hover in the air for a moment. Then it ignores... Um, well, not the, I, the bird. I, I release mm. my... I use my power. Oh, thank Sorry. you. Okay. Um, yeah, you sense nothing coming off of uh, Hightower. Nothing coming off of Jennifer. All you can sense is this uh, sensation similar to aged paper and parchment and dried ink coming off of um, Webster over on one of the nearby desks. Okay, so they're not under magical compulsion. Doesn't look like it. Tony, how much longer before you have your uh, orb ready to go? Uh, okay, so uh, that... Real quick, I just need what? What is our current point total? Um, I believe that at the moment, let me just take a look here. If this is okay, one forty-three or one forty-one? Um, I'm doing the math in my head. Uh, just, thank you. Uh, thirty-four plus one hundred. Uh, yeah, I believe it's um, yeah, I believe that. Uh, actually, let me just quickly take a look at something. Thank you for your patience. Um. Uh, mm -mm. Mm. Yeah, I believe um, 36. Yeah, it's 141 at the moment. Okay. Then I'm going to spend six points to just make the uh, the, the Orb of Truth a part, permanent part of my, my gear and bypass okay. the six-hour uh, uh, sketch requirement. Okay. So you reach into a pouch that you have at your waist, Tony, and you take out the orb. I thought it was important, so I uh, finished it quickly. And, oh, uh, and Hightower, what is that exactly? Ah, uh, Truth Orb. Truth Orb. Well, and he just, uh, looks at, he just looks up at you, t uh, Tony, and just the biggest smile possible crosses his face. My god, it's good having you on the bloody team. Right, uh, Ian, can you ask, can you tell, say, in the presence of the Orb, that everything you've told us was true? Ian's just looking at you, why did you say it like that? The Orb. What is it exactly? Like I said, it's a truth orb. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, Gaze unto orb. Okay. So, um, yeah, you hold it in front of his face, Tony, and it immediately begins glowing. And as Ian is staring into it, suddenly his expression goes slack and his eyes are wide like, oh, it's the human equivalent of if a moth were to look into a bright light. And he's just staring at it transfixed as his pupils slowly dilate. <laughs> now, Ian... Yes. Did everything that you tell us was true? Yes, of about course. Buttermaker, about your meeting at the docks, everything. Yes, that's correct. Right. Uh, I'm going to gently pull the orb away from his face. Okay. Oh, hey, bring it back. I love it. Uh, Hightower, <laughs> you're going to need to sta take a statement from this person. In the meantime, uh, we have something to deal with immediately. So, uh, Hightower, so you said something about Buttermaker. And Ian? Yes, and Hightower just takes a step forward and puts both of his hands on his shoulders, looking Ian dead in the eye with a level of concentration and firmness that you have rarely seen from him. Like, Hightower is busting out the big guns, and I'm going to need you to tell me everything in detail from the beginning. Jennifer, get a pen and a piece of paper and a recording device. 
And so with that, uh, you guys head out the door. So what are you going to do now? Well, I think it's about time we churn some butter. Yeah. So, um, all right. So as you go, you sense, like, Franklin, you sense more of these signatures from a few other people in the workplace. Um, like, How many? Uh, uh, quite a few. Like, maybe um, almost two dozen people, if you, like, take the time to stop and count. Like, a few plainclothes officers, um, a few guys that seem to be, like, maybe one or two of the higher-ups. A bunch of people working in the office with, like, the paperwork and stuff. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You wouldn't happen to have any sort of uh, area of effect uh, setting on that hammer, would you, Tony? Uh, no. The uh, It's really just the, the Zeronium face uh, absorbing the magic. I, uh, so, uh, I, I suppose I could try and make a Zeronium dispersal unit. I, like... You see, Tony's like beginning to puzzle out the idea. Yeah, but, um, like... you were walking towards Buttermaker's office, and Tony has stopped in the middle of the in the hallway to think about this. He he's like taking out a notepad, starting like getting <laughs> down some ideas. We're gonna yeah. slowly just so like how guide much him dust towards... can go into human lungs before they die? <laughs> <laughs> it's just rocks. Rocks don't hurt people that badly. Oh. Okay. So yeah, um, Franklin's going to get in close to everyone and just be like, "All right." Assuming that the signatures are all the same, there's about two dozen people that are under this sort of spell. So taking down Buttermaker isn't going to deal with them. So if we do make that move, expect to have a lot of resistance. Uh, well, I, I wish I could have been better prepared for this, but uh, t Tony will just like quick smith uh, out like a half dozen caged sons. <laughs> I'd be like, I believe this will help incapacitate anyone who uh, uh, would uh, come to Buttermaker's aid. Good lad. All right. Well, we're about to either make. Well, we're about to do something that if we don't succeed, we're all probably going to get charged with some sort of trumped-up charge. Everyone ready? I'm technically already here illegally, so <laughs> I'm gonna look over at. Uh... Actually, yeah. Has has Lavender gotten back at this point? Um, yeah, I will say that, Adam, you, uh, headed towards, uh, Scotland Yard, stopped in front of the door, then you went in, but suddenly there was a thump as if you hit something invisible, and you realize that, um, yeah, there's just a bit of a groan from Sophie, and so, you're gonna have to me in! Oh, yes. <clears throat> Sophie, why don't you come in? And so, yeah, you feel something, uh, yeah, give way in the door, and then, so yeah, you just head inside with Sophie. I absolutely love this idea that vampires are like like on a, a movable rod, where it's like, oh, if you, they aren't invited into a building at all, even if yeah. they like run into it, they just can't get in. Yeah, okay, like yeah, new idea, <laughs> vampire cannon, <laughs> <laughs> firing a, firing a vampire out of a cannon into the doorway of a building they haven't been invited into. Yeah, Tony, if you want a project, I would <laughs> Just full-on burn against a window. Ugh. Ugh. All right, so, uh, yeah, so the two of you head inside, and once you are, uh, yeah, out of direct sunlight, you uh, set the bag down, unzip it, and... Oh, no, 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 no. I, oh. She's staying in the bag for a little okay. while. <laughs> okay, okay. There are still sure. people around. I don't. I don't want folks to know that I'm bringing someone who's supposed to be under house arrest, effectively, back into the precinct. Okay, so you head in and you get some odd looks from people as you are toting a, yeah, smallish sleeping bag over one shoulder, with something obviously in it. Morning. 
So, morning, morning. Uh, Jones, did you get that interview room set up that I requested? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the one with the, yeah, the McCarthy family, I have. Uh, what's yes. with the, what's with the bag? Oh, just some materials, you know, uh, just cleaning some things up from last night. Don't worry about it. This obvious body just hanging over his shoulder. All right. So, oh, um, yeah. seeping the... a red liquid out of it. <laughs> so, and then you just hear, shit, no, I shouldn't have had, uh, shouldn't have taken breakfast to go. And, uh, yeah, then he says, all right, well, uh, room's ready for you. You can head in whenever. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, yeah, maybe on, on the way to the room, I'll, like, mm. run into the rest of the gang. Yeah, you do. Uh, oh, Lavender, you... I was bag? just about to conduct an interview, um, but uh, looks like there might be something going on. I so I'm like I make a motion for you to come in closer, and then I sort of whisper like basically more or less everything that I've experienced, like that we found out in the last couple of minutes. Hmm. Well, that's wow. You've been busy. Yeah. Evidently, we haven't been keeping our noses very clean. So. All right. Uh, I'm well, assuming the uh, and I like he points the bag is uh, Sophie. Uh, no. Yes, excellent deductive reasoning. Nobody's in here. Haha! <laughs> Very quaint. Thank you. Um, damn. I'd like to have you with us when we do this because obviously but. there may be some. So, ah, uh, for fuck's sakes! Do you have some place that you can put her? Uh, well, yes. I, I mean, there's lots of meeting rooms that aren't being used that haven't been booked. I, I can. Sophie, <laughs> we're going to have to put you down for a moment, but don't worry, we'll be right back. Uh, yes, important business. Oh. Uh, you still got that phone, that burner phone. I I'll call you if something comes up. Call oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to put you in the evidence locker. <laughs> That's where all the no cocaine is. No one will touch you there. <laughs> a vampire on cocaine would really do anything, because it's not like, uh, they, like, does the brain chemistry still work? <laughs> they food and stuff, so... I guess. Alright, I'll go quickly take care of that. Okay. Um, alright, so, um... So, so once, uh, once Adam leaves, yeah. Tony will just say, who's Sophie? <laughs> Long story, we'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> alright. You have the evidence locker, put her inside Adam, and, uh, like, setting her on a nearby table, and unzip it, and she sits up. And she, uh, you know, takes a deep breath and then looks at you like, oh, God, it's hot in there. Look, are you sure like, you can't take me with you? Sounds like you're going to do something fun. Uh, very likely, very potentially, yes. But uh, it's risky. You're technically uh, under arrest still. We can't really have you walking around the precinct with other police officers unless you're in cuffs. Also, uh, some of the rooms have windows. So it, okay. Really, trust me, it is safer for you to be here for the time being. All right, all right, I'll stay in here. And so she's just kind of looking up and around, like, there are boxes in here. And, yeah, packages. Lots of them. Don't poke around too much, but if you find any big hats, um, help yourself. Oh, yes, the big hat sure. section of evidence storage. Yeah, big hats. That That's what I'm looking for now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Adam's gonna head out. Okay. Um. Yeah. You close the door behind you, having in no way, shape, or form made a gigantic mistake. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, you head over to the rest of the group. So by this point, I take it you guys are still heading to Buttermaker's office. Yeah. 
Okay, um, you see that he is actually talking to a bunch of other, like, high-up officers and stuff, and they're kind of uh, standing around talking to each other. You know, like, they are all clearly older than him, and it's clear that he is, well, to put it in a bit of a pun, unintentionally uh, buttering up to them at the moment, like, uh, getting in their good graces. Yeah, just being, uh, like, a good toady and stuff like that, and just uh, making sure he has them on his side and stuff. Um, quick litmus check. Uh, yeah. Any of these guys uh, in Sorcelled? Um, interestingly, no. Mm. All right. Which means well, he either hasn't intended to or he hasn't gotten around to them yet. Oh, that's good news, at least. Um, okay. Let's try and at least separate them from the group, unless he wants to do this extremely publicly. So I'm going to go up to him while I'm assuming he's hobnobbing and basically say, yeah. Buttermaker, do you mind if we have a word in private? And uh, one of the other older gentlemen, a fellow by the name of Wellington, sees you and, Ah, how are you doing? And um, and Buttermaker's just, <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, what are you doing? We're just investigating a few loose ends before, well, you um, complete whatever you do for the end of the day. Though we were hoping to spare some gory details, obviously. We were hoping to talk to you in private about a little incident um roll me diplomacy okay M mention that you uh that it's about his bike <laughs> yes we've uh managed to make some progress and um well no we already have the man in black is the problem unless mm. he doesn't know about that he doesn't, doesn't know about that he doesn't we know okay. uh we have some Why information regarding the man in black that i wanted to make sure that you got personally bluff with advantage <laughs> Okay, so that is... Bluff is a seven. So that is... Roll twice and take the better of the two. No, I'm just... I'm trying to figure out what the total... Oh, okay, I'm just trying to... Okay, so that's 15. And uh, that's 18. So 18 plus seven is 25. Okay, uh, and so... Oh, really? Oh, well, it's about bloody... I mean, it's... Uh, well, it's very good to hear, Mr. Blackmore. He says, shooting a glance over at the other men and you know, realizing he has to be polite to you in front of them. So, mm. so why don't we go uh, talk about matters in another room then? Uh, gentlemen, I shall see you all later. And so with that, he uh, quickly uh, begins walking with you at a brisk pace. All right. So, yeah, we will take him to a meeting room. Uh, okay. Uh, when, when uh, if, if Tony can catch your eye, Tony will, like, tap his neck and, like, gesture to to Buttermaker to see, like, is Buttermaker... Oh, to see, yeah. Uh, I, well, I checked when I checked the uh, the room, right? None of these guys have it? Buttermaker is as clean as any other muggle. Yeah. So uh, Blackmore just looks at you and shakes his head. Uh huh. Okay. Then uh, the, the, then Tony readies the oar. The hammer slowly goes back in the sheath. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Um. We. So I will take him into a meeting. Uh. So we will all head into um one of the meeting rooms. Okay. And so he. Yeah. As soon as the door is closed, he just lets out an exasperated sigh, rolling his eyes as he turns around. It's about bloody time you found some information. So, what what have you learned about him? Um, Ian, specifically, your little meetup with him by the docks. He is, uh, like, his expression of frust... A, co a weird combination of frustration and relief gives way t suddenly to a completely blank expression. You're a real piece of work, you know that, Buttermaker? I mean, here we were thinking the benefit of the doubt that you were somehow enchanted to do this... But here I am looking at you, and you're as basically inert as a carbon rod. How much did they pay you, I gotta wonder? 
he turns and runs for the nearby window. Oh no, that's not. How fast work. can he run? Uh, <laughs> How fast I can I believe that according to game rules, the land speed of an average human with no superpowers is five miles an hour. That's what I thought. All right, he he doesn't make it to the window. Okay, so <laughs> in a, personnel, kid. So in so Adam, how do you grab him? Oh, um, Adam isn't going to grab him. Adam is going to run in front of him and then just stand in front of the window. Okay, so you do that exactly. Uh, standing in front of the window, uh, hands on your hips as he screeches to a halt in front of you, looking up at you with a an absolutely terrified expression. Oh, I would God, try Buttermaker. You could at least face this with some dignity, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he's looking between all of you. <laughs> there has to have been some sort of mistake. You don't understand. It wasn't me. It orb. wasn't me. Hmm? Orb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the orb is Stare in front of orb. You, orb you, knows your secret. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is staring into the orb with an expression like a goldfish. All right, Buttermaker. How long have you been working with the McCarthys? Uh, about two years now, all things considered. Actually, Adam's going like, to be recording this on his phone. Actually, more like um, two years, uh, three months, and uh, about two weeks to be precise. And what exactly have you been doing for the McCarthys? They came to me and promised me a great deal of money if I could look the other way on certain things. This was before I became assistant superintendent, and in exchange they were able to uh, help with a few things here and there, and soon enough I found myself working my way up the ranks. What do you know about the McCarthys' current operations? At, at the moment, they are currently kidnapping myths here and there, ones that won't be missed from around London, and at the same time, they are also manufacturing a sort of drug to give to people to turn them into pack users. That way, they can forcibly make packs with these myths by using a very specialized myth that we have made an allegiance with in order to, uh, to gain an army of pack users, because they're hoping to eventually, well, gain complete control of the underworld. So this myth juice they're making doesn't really yes. work without this, um mythed behind it? Uh, no, no, they have a number of specialists who've researched a way to make this uh, myth juice, as you call it, but in truth, it's actually made from a number of pots. They've had to uh, kill a great number of myths in order to manufacture it. And where exactly are they manufacturing it? Oh, um, there is a secret hideout that they have uh, down by the docks. Do you have an address? Then, yes, well, I we, do. We, we know where it is, don't we? He gives you an exact address, and it is the same one as the one that was yeah. given to you by the mercenary. Okay. What should we expect if we were to go there right now? Oh, what happened last night? They're no they are no doubt on high alert. There are a number of them probably securing the base, including, uh, well, the one who I've been reporting to, Titus Sweeney, who has made a pact with a number of different myths. I can tell you about those if you like. Please do. All right. And at so this point, Franklin is going to look over at Tony and just be like, God damn, this is so nice. Mm. Sweet and so bro. <laughs> Um, he, he's quite powerful. There is another person there who's also one of the more powerful pact users, uh, Elizabeth Chambers, formerly known as Elizabeth McCarthy before she changed her name. Ah, that explains a lot. Tell and, me, do you have some way of contacting them so that they could, say, go on low alert to indicate that we are off their scent or indisposed? I have a burner phone that they contact me on. Is it in, is it on your person? He holds it up, still looking they, into the orb. Thank you. Oh I will put that in my jacket pocket. You're not um, welcome. I hate your guts. 
Feelings mutual. Anybody else have any questions for him before we give him the bad news? <clears throat> what do you know of the master? Myth who was introduced to us by another myth who has made an alliance with the uh, one of the major lieutenants of the McCarthy family. Finn McCarthy is the one who is running this whole operation, and he's said to be one of the most powerful pack users in all of London. Uh, he made an allegiance with a myth called Temtem Talar, who's a member of the Unseely Court, or was anyway before he was exiled. The two of them are, they were the, uh, it was Tentem Talar who gave Finn the ideas for this plan altogether and introduced him to this individual who calls themselves the Master. The Master is a myth who goes by another name. Uh, I believe uh, he calls himself Imperious Rex. Interesting. This Tem Talar fellow, is yes. he in all connected to the Smiley Face Killer? And at the, uh, he, he frowns? I'm not sure. If he is, then they never told me. Do you know oh, anything about the attack on Mythtown, the and the one who uh, uh, who was able to injure? I can't remember the name of the, the Avatar Balance guy. Um, yes, that was Finn McCarthy. Oh. I believe he has a pact with two spirits, um, one of whom is a rock that they have imprisoned, and one who he made a willing pact with, that being a storm giant. I see. In addition to all of this. The one that you should be looking out for is Imperius Rex, because he is also what is known as an Avatar of Domination. <laughs> Does he have any abilities beyond the uh, neck thing? Uh, he touches you, he can control you, but he also has complete control over everyone that is currently under his thrall. So, in fact, that is how they are keeping all those myths captive. They have uh, um, Imperius Rex has used his ability on them to hold them as willing hostages or unwilling hostages that that are not allowed to leave. If you were to go in, not only would you face the wrath of the McCarthy family, but they would most likely sick as many of the missed captives that they have upon you as well. I see. Do they have some other operation that maybe requires a bit more... So this And this is the only area where they do their operations, correct? That is correct. What are the current holding places of the McCarthy's liquid assets? Their fronts, businesses, anything you can remember? Oh, yes, I, um, there are a few businesses that I have uh, fudged the paperwork to so that nobody would look into those. I can tell you all of those if you like. Please, and Blackmore pulls out a pen and paper. Okay, he begins listing off about, um, like, ten businesses immediately come to mind. After a little bit of thinking, he is able to remember about fifteen more. Okay. All of which were suspected to be connected with the McCarthy family, but you never had any concrete proof until right now. As concrete as we can get. So uh, Franklin's going to step away from the interrogation and kind of go, I have an idea. We get him to make a call to the McCarthy's that we're pulling raids on all of their liquid assets. While the myths are powerful, they still need cash flows. And if those are suddenly cut off, they're going to be compromised. We pull them away, and then we attempt to liberate as many of the myths under imperious wrecks as possible. By the time they realize that they've been hoodwinked, hopefully we'll have either crippled their operation... Or at the very least, we put ourselves in a bit of a better situation than we were before. I have a question about this uh, domination. This is the same myth power, myth ability that was being used on our, uh, or Buttermaker's kind of unwilling uh, servants here in, in the precinct. Could we use Tony's ability uh, to remove the... the, the or to dispel uh, Imperius Rex's Gius ability on myths. What, smash his armor? Well, oh no, I, I mean on individual myths. 
Uh, yes, but it would I would need to take time and be careful. My hammer, well, while I'm skilled with it, it still takes uh, a fair amount of precision to, to simply break the enchantment and not the person's neck. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So if we could capture enthralled myths, or, you know, rather than going out on a full frontal assault, try and recapture myths, it would be, say, trivial to free them. Uh, I suppose. All right. It's just another another angle that we could approach this from. Myths are all being held in the same location, though, so either mm -hmm. one is basically... I'm more thinking the less we have to deal with the McCarthy goons, then the better. Yes. Well, we still under the orb's thrall. Any other ideas for how we can do this? He, a little bit of drool is coming out of the corner of Buttermaker's mouth. Oh, isn't that just precious? Um, I'm trying to think of the full name of Sophie's friend. Uh, Boris or something? Um, so far she has not given you a last name for him. Uh, only, uh, Boris. Okay. Uh, one last thing. <laughs> uh, I love cop references. Go ahead. <laughs> one last thing. The vampire, uh, Sophie, who is currently under, uh, my protection, uh, under my, my custody, was captured by the McCarthy family, uh, along with a friend of hers named Boris. Uh, we are very interested in finding him and making sure that he is safe and alive. You wouldn't happen to know anything about him or where he's being kept, would you? Yes, I heard all about that. They were talking about that just the, uh, the other day. Apparently, he had been uh, seduced by Elizabeth Chambers, who used that ploy with other humanoid male myths before drugging them and having them be captured by the McCarthy family. They transported him uh, over there, and he's currently being held captive, and Elizabeth Chambers herself actually has a pact with him. Hmm. Well, that certainly makes things interesting. So he's in the warehouse. Yes. All right. All right. So, general plan is... Tony, do you think that um, Hespero and the guard might be able to help us with this? All things considered, it might be a good idea if we go in a uh, show of solidarity and force, as it were. Um... I would <clears throat> warn you that the uh, if you request Miss Town's help, they will not necessarily keep to the. Uh, he will he will take out the book again. <laughs> the uh, standards of um, of Scotland Yard and will perhaps uh, create a more uh, lethal assault than you than you might want. Um, that is a good point. Damn, you can certainly use their help with this. Their help with this. Mm -hmm. I'm just so you can kind of see that Blackboard is trying to like rack his brain, trying to think of any other allies who might be able to bring into this. Thalestra, obviously. Jack, obviously. Connor, obviously. Then he's trying to think about who else would probably join into this and also not just kill a bunch of people either by code of honor like the dwarves or just by you know road of training like the guard. If we go at night. Uh, I'm sure I could convince Sophie to show some restraint. Well, that's still better odds than that. And we still have our ace in the hole as Blackmore pulls out the cell phone and sort of waves it back and forth. So, why don't we tell Black? Why don't we tell Buttermaker what he's just signed up for? Oh, uh, he he, nope. he is quite conscious, and and he is just compelled to tell the truth. Ah, I see. In fact, I believe he he is being more cooperative than than even the truth or should make him. I believe he might just be very dumb. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me in the Considering slightest. Considering that there are three mid 
impact users standing right around him and he knows what you guys can do to him, it, it makes sense that he would be He's absolutely kowtowing, yeah. Yeah, well, also, he's, yeah, like we've established, he's a coward. So. Mm. Yes, um, inner suck-up is coming fully to the forefront yeah. when faced with a superior threat. Mm. All right. All right, then, Buttermaker. Congratulations. You've just been conscripted for duty, right? And then you're going right into a jail sentence for basically a whole laundry list of conspiracy charges. So here's what you're going to do. We're going to keep a very close eye on you for the rest of the day, at which point, near the end, you're going to phone up your friends in the McCarthy family. You're going to say that some paperwork managed to slip through your grasp, and now, in a sort of act of quid pro, in a sort of tete-a-tete, the Mythos unit is going after a lot of McCarthy-owned businesses and fronts, looking for any evidence they can get their hands on. You're going to sound very panicked about this, and if you can't do that by rib, if you can't do that by acting, we can sure help you with that. You're going oh, to make uh, sure that you draw as many of their men away from that warehouse as possible, and you aren't going to tell them a thing about what we're actually planning to do. And afterwards, we're going to march you right to Creedy, so he can take you into internal affairs, and you can be charged with a laundry list of crimes. And what will you do to me if I do not cooperate fully? Best not to think about that. Well, I'm sure the basement boys and Thalestra have a pl have something they could probably deal with you. Uh, I, I will point out that if anybody is in the area of the orb, you cannot lie. <laughs> yeah, then... no, uh, Blackmore doesn't seem like he's uh, lying with that. All right, mm. yeah, just wanted to make it to me. <laughs> Tony will say, you may think he's exaggerating, but he also cannot lie within the field of the orb. I have never been more terrified in my entire life. Good. All right. I guess we're on babysitting duty now, at least until nightfall. Uh, Lavender, you might want to check on Sophie, make sure that she hasn't uh, done anything to the evidence locker. Uh, I think I actually have quite a bit of good news to give her. <laughs> uh, Come hmm. back and Sophie is just absolutely ripped. <laughs> I also had now I wonder if I should have brought her out of the house in the first place I wonder if there's anything else useful we can get out of the McCarthy's at this point we'll think of something I'm sure besides once we have Finn McCarthy once we manage to deal with this the McCarthy's lose a significant advantage that they had I wouldn't be mm. surprised if this manages to deal something of a well maybe not a killing blow but certainly a major blow to their organization yes mm. um okay so, Adam, you uh, leave your two compatriots alone with Buttermaker as you head down the hallway and go to the Evans room, and you just hear these heavy uh, sniffing noises coming from within. Hmm. Oh. All right. <laughs> so heading inside, um, yeah, you don't see Sophie at first. Then you hear a slamming noise from behind you. Sophie has slammed down a package onto the table. White powder is going everywhere, and it is caking the lower half of her face. Her pupils are pinpricks, her irises are blood red, and she has the most deranged smile on her face possible as she's staring directly at you. Oh boy! <clears throat> amazing name for a band possible! Sophie, 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 Sophie. Hey, I've got some good <laughs> news. Oh boy, oh boy, uh, I love good news. Tell me more about it. Who are we gonna kill? Well, maybe the bad news first. Bad news is, interviews are off for today. Good um, news is... She is drumming the tabletop with her fingers like a drummer. Good news is, we don't need to do the interviews anymore. Why, why not? Uh, well, I know where Boris is. In fact, I know exactly where all of the myths that the McCarthy family is keeping hostage are. 
Um, we know how to get at them, and if we can get our hands on them, we know how to rescue them. It's a bit of a long story. Why don't you get back in the bag? <laughs> I'll tell and you on the way home. Can I bring the coke with me? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, well that's alright. We got Boris. Boris is the important part. Oh my gosh, it is really hot in here. You know what? I'm thinking that we should get some air conditioning. Maybe remodel this whole place. <gasps> I'm thinking that maybe we could put a loft in here. Oh, that sounds like the most amazing idea. Here's what I'm thinking, Adam. And so she, as she's rebounding ideas uh, off of you, um, you're just getting the sleeping bag, making sure. And she, you like, you just put gently escort her inside, and she is still talking as you zip the whole thing up and put it back over your shoulder. Oh dear. <laughs> mm. All right. Um, second thing. Um, yes. I'm going to call Thalestra. Uh -huh. And uh, I'm basically going to say, Thalestra, we may require something of uh, We figured out that there's a couple rats in our office. Now, good news, they're not doing it willingly. They're under a geas. Um, yes. We're hoping that you might be able to um, isolate them from the rest of the co-workers so as not to create a, a problem. Uh, we're looking to liberate them, you see. Hmm. Give me their names and the boys shall be on it shortly. All right, so I, I start looking through the office and I just start listing off like the names of all the people uh, that I can detect that have the uh, the enchantment on them. I mean, I mean, you could just get the list from Buttermaker. Oh yeah, but I just put the phone in front of Buttermaker's face and say, "Hey, Buttermaker, who else did you manage to uh, enchant?" Hmm. And so he begins listing off the people that he enchanted, and the lesser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ah, perfect. And so with that, um, yes, we are done. Yes. Uh, if you can, deliver them, um, if you can, try and meet up with Tony. He's the one that's going to be, uh, liberating them. Tony, I assume you, uh, to assume, uh, you're able to handle this? Uh, yes. Um, though if I have about six-ish hours, I could probably put together a, um, a, a device to, to speed up the, uh, uh, the creation of, uh, the, the freedom freeing of, of the other myths. Um, uh, yes. Mm, that might be a good idea. Um, the Lester can hold on to them for the time being, then. Yeah. In the meantime, and Blackmore is going to pull up a chair next to Buttermaker, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. Um, and Buttermaker's eyes are still on the orb. Uh, do, do, do you want to keep that? No, I think we've gotten all out of him again. And just for safekeeping, Blackmore takes out like a pair of handcuffs and just mm. handcuffs him to one of the desks. Okay, um, you do that, and uh, yeah, you lift up the orb, Tony, and Buttermaker's eyes comes back into focus, and he just goes rigid in the chair and looks at all of you, and you have no idea how much trouble you're in. I think you have no idea how much trouble you're in. Tony takes the orb back out. Do you understand that you have no power in this situation? <laughs> um, Do you? Put, Tony puts the hand on his shoulder. Do you feel powerful? <laughs> honestly, the pain um, will be intense. <laughs> honestly, I I understand that I'm in uh, no control of my situation. I'm just trying to talk big to reassure myself. But in truth, if you all weren't here, I'd start crying right now. Just I mean, you re record this and you let go, and then anytime you start talking, you start playing that recording. <laughs> 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 well, I'm gonna get my friends in. I feel really scared, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony puts the orb back in his pocket. Mm -mm. 
So yeah, uh, Franklin will do uh, babysitting duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll pass off to what everyone else is doing. Okay, and uh, so I think we haven't talked to Quincy in some time. So Quincy, what is going? What has been going on with you? Um, so Quincy went to the armory and got a bunch of dream catchers. Okay. Um, and he's gonna come back with all these dream catchers and meet up with everyone else. He's and his pockets are just stuffed with dream catchers. Okay. Quincy, what are you planning? Um, well, um, why is Buttermaker here? Wait, was Quincy not here for this entire thing? Nope. Oh, well, Buttermaker, do you want to explain it, or should I? On second thought, let me explain it. I do enjoy the story. (laughs) And Blackmore proceeds to explain at length what the hell is going on. Ah, well. Looking at the ground completely tight-lipped. Well, uh, at least I feel validated for my outburst <laughs> earlier. But back to the question ahead, what are you doing with those dream catchers? Oh, um, nothing. Uh, just, I believe we, we're fighting myths soon, and I figure we need them. Oh, wait, you weren't here. How could you have possibly known that? Well, we were going to go investigate the docks, were we not? I suppose. Oh, yes, of course, right. <laughs> Quincy nervously just like, whoo. Yeah. By the way, if, if anybody looks, uh, um, Tony has gone back to his sketch pad and, and is working out a, a design for a, uh, a, a Zeronium dispersal device. Hmm. Sweet. Okay, and as your plans begin to come together and you discuss your ideas of what is going to happen to the McCarthys with, um... Buttermaker now completely at your mercy for the first time in this entire campaign. I think that this is a good idea to call a good place to call an end to this session for tonight. So, um, you guys finally got to stick it to your asshole boss. That was good. I was a little, yeah. wor- I was, I was a little worried when we were like, oh, we're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go fucking deal with these undesirables. <laughs> um, but now, I, I thought we were gonna go like Mythos Unit Rogue Edition, and we were gonna go fucking, we were all gonna like turn in our badges and go vigilante. But uh, I mean, that would have been absolutely awesome as well. But you guys are sticking to the more like you guys are doing what is right as opposed to what you're supposed to do, and I could not be more proud of all of you. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, Truth Orb. Truth Orb. <laughs> truth Orb. All... Truth Orb. Truth Orb. Truth Orb. <laughs> we, all, we all believe in Orb. Worship we... Orb. The justice system will never be the same. It's uh... just going to end up turning into like a three-way like religious schism between the Basement Boys, the Orb Obsessors, and whatever weird faction Judge White manages to get together. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to them, for the, despite the fact that the truth orb calls itself such, it tells nothing but lies. <laughs> I mean, let's be damn honest. It, 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 you're it, a loose cannon, but you're a damn good cop. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hat on and a little gun belt and everything. Yep. It's an episode Ooh. of Law and Order, but we guest starring Truth Orb. It's over in 12 minutes. Then... <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> In the criminal justice system, there is one orb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, best new addition to the campaign by far. Well, uh, well, thank you, listeners, for joining us tonight. As next session, um, we are 
our team is finally going to go after the McCarthy's in hopes of putting a plan together and being able to try and take advantage of them once and for all. But that is for another time. So until then, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive. Good night, everyone. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.